0: Welcome to the Founders Focus Podcast, an open conversation with TechCore founder Gary Beach and those who care about the future of technology. For more than 25 years, TechCore has worked to ensure K through 12th grade students in the United States have equal access to technology programs, skills, and resources that enhance early learning and prepare them for college or career. Founders Focus invites you along for the journey as we examine technology and how it impacts the way we work and live. Welcome to episode five of Founders Focus. We are preparing to host the TechCore hack on Saturday, November 6th, 2021 in Akron, Columbus and Zanesville, Ohio. Students from all over the state will come together to learn how to program and build a mobile app in a nurturing and fun environment as they compete for prizes. The students will be asked to brainstorm a need or a problem that needs to be addressed in their community. Then the students will learn how to develop an app to address that need. Today, we are speaking with Kyle Parker, founder of ClipDart. Kyle is a featured speaker at the TechCore Hack. So let's, let's get going. Kyle, how, how did you identify the need in your community that ultimately led to Clip Darts development?
1: Yeah, um, I like to say some of the best businesses come from the, the worst struggles. Um, and so just going through a situation um, at college where I was not able to ever find a barber, find a hairstylist that fit my specific cultural needs. And you know, growing up in such a diverse area in the South Side of Chicago, um, I never had an issue finding a barber uh, for 18 straight years of my life. This is how I lived. Um, the barbershop was a cultural institution. It was a place where you know they hired people who were struggling with homelessness and hunger to sweep the floors. Um, it was a safe haven. They knew this was not a place to have violence. Um, I was just as close to my barber as I was my father. Um, and so that's how I grew up unconsciously for 18 years. And this is how most of my friends grew up as well. And so when I graduated high school, um, I went to the middle of Iowa and Grinnell college, um, you know, literally probably two, three hours from a big city where I, I could find somebody that looked like me. Um, and so that's when I realized that there was an issue to solve, um, because our black and Brown community, um, was dealing with a mental wellness crisis in a sense of not being able to look our best. And so I didn't feel that until was, you know my my ability to look my best was completely taken away from me, um, while being in rural Iowa, and so I wanted to do something to to solve that to make sure that um, not only um, students of color uh, can receive the, the haircuts and the, and the grooming that they needed. But, you know anybody who was struggling with this uh, because we all know we might not <laughs> as older adults now we might not care necessarily what we look like every day but on a college environment 18 to 21 years old and you're figuring out who you are um, the last thing you want to worry about is your hair you know so I wanted to do something just to solve that so creating an on-demand barber app where barbers travel to you for an affordable rate um, while the barbers at the same time changed you know the way that they lived. Uh, I just saw that you know that was a perfect answer uh, to that issue.
0: You mentioned you don't have a deep technical background, but what helped you decide that developing a mobile app would be the best way to meet your community's needs?
1: Yeah, um, I pinpointed on mobile apps um, just because one, I'm a, I got into technology at the, around 2016 and really was interested because of Uber um, and DoorDash and similar mobile app companies that were uh, finally solidifying their roles in the industry. And I just saw the way the world was working. Um, in 2016, which was, I guess I was before my time a little bit, but I just, I saw that things were going mobile. Um, it, I don't necessarily think people were becoming lazier. It could have been become lazier, but I think that also people were becoming more innovative um, in the sense of the, the accessibility to get these resources. Um, and so I thought that the most accessible, the easiest, the, the best way to connect with, you know, uh, millennials at that point um, was to create something that they that they felt comfortable with, that they were familiar with. Um, and it was just a, you know, user flow um, that they were used to. And so and on the on the barber side, it would make things, everything easier for how they meet clients, um, you know, how they get to their clients, how they set up their appointments. I could go on forever, about you know how it made their barber life easier. Um, and so I just saw these things through a mobile app. And I thought that was the the best route to go. Um, But eventually I figured out that the mobile app was just a small part of ClipDart um, in in the grand scheme of things.
0: Kyle, you mentioned you you didn't have a great deal of technology experience. So walk us through your app development process.
1: Yeah, um, the app development process, um, before you get into it, just know it's going to be a very long and taxing and, and learning process. There's no way to get around it. Um, since it's such a new field for most people, especially, um, for myself, who was studying biology, I had no idea about the the app world. I had, I was studying public health, you know, this is, you know, why, why clipart is the way it is today as well, but had no idea about anything about the, the app world and kind of just dove myself all into it. Just, I think that's the only way to do it. It's an extremely taxing process. Something that you, like I said, you have to learn and you have to fail through. Um, it's really inevitable to get there. Um, and so you know what I learned was that building an app is similar to building a skyscraper in a sense you know you need an engineer um, and you also need you know an architect right you, those jobs are very completely different I didn't realize that at the time I thought that people who designed apps could also build apps um, but that you learn that the hard way um, and learn that they're completely two separate skill sets completely two separate crafts that need to be looked at completely separately and taken, um, you know, time you can't look at both at the same time, one has to be done before the other, you can't build a building, uh, build a skyscraper before you design it. Um, and so I realized, you know, I had to find a design team. Um, and I had to find, you know, an engineer team, in, in a sense, who could, you know, one can build out the user interface, um, another could build out the, the user experience. Um, and so, yeah, I, to save money, in a sense, um, what I did was I, First, I, I knew that um, understanding the engineering behind app development would be extremely difficult while I'm in school while I'm playing uh, professional basketball as well so I decided to find a team um, who could help me with that. But I also, you know, to go off that I, to save money, I decided to learn how to design um, through Figma, uh, which was a it was a great interface to, to learn how to design different um, slides learn how to design different screens, um, just learn not only the design aspect that um, the user flow has to match that design um, as well, which is just extremely important. So I would say, you know, long I could go on forever um, about the, the the struggles and trials and tribulations of developing an app, but the most thing I would say is um, just trust yourself. Just trust that you know if you put in the hard work and, and you and you do everything that you can to, to understand that world and understand that it's a completely different language um, that. You'll succeed um but you just have to you have to work your your butt off on it uh, because it's it's a really difficult industry
0: as you put your team together what were some of the things that helped you unify and inspire your team yeah
1: um the best thing i would say is constant communication um and honesty um you know you don't want to you want to find a team that you can trust you know for for example for myself our team our development team is in india and so if I am not in constant communication, that's where the hard work goes in, because they're 12 and a half hours ahead, you know, so I have to be up at, at 2 a.m., at 3 a.m. They have to be up, you know, at their at their time of the day, too. Um, so it's really just trusting them. Um, you know, you trusting that these people are, are not just here to make a check, but they're actually, they understand your mission, they understand your vision behind your business and want to do everything they can to push it forward. Because if you have people just working with you who Um, you know, see your business as just a great idea, uh, rather than wanting to push the mission of it, uh, it it makes the app development even more difficult because they don't, you guys don't correlate on what you guys want. Um, It it can look different. And when you have different perspectives, uh, more issues pop up and and more things happen on your app that you don't want. Um, So constant communication, trusting, um, and just finding a team that is about your mission.
0: Kyle, you mentioned your team is from India. How do you go about finding an app development team in that country?
1: Yeah, uh, like I said before, uh, before um, you have to fail a lot. You, you know, I think I've worked with—I won't say 100 developers, but hundreds of people throughout my company and and, and and since 2016, you know, people who've saw the wonderful idea behind it, like I said, uh, but weren't there to work. They weren't there to to you know grind on it every single day. Um, and so, in, in terms of finding a team, you're just going to have to just keep looking until you find the right one and trust the process. Um, I've always, (laughs) there was a time I'll tell a short story that I like to say, um, which just you know, shows everything about ClipDart and who we are in a sense. Um, I remember my first year I moved to to Germany um, after college to um, play my first season. Dream come true. Finally, you know, I dreamed of this since I was six years old to, to play in a different country. I never wanted to play in the NBA in a sense. I always just wanted to play in Europe and travel the world. And I was finally able to do this. Um, and then first month I was out there, uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer um, and they caught it kind of just in time or a little late. Um, and so extremely devastating in a sense um, to not be able to fly home, um, not be able to care for my mother, you know, single Single mother family, so this is this is who I grew up with my whole life, um, and and not be able to help her in a sense. And then that following week, um, I was talking to a developer, of you know completing the app for about th- this was about three months now that I was speaking to this developer, and uh, he asked for his first payment. Um, we gave him his first payment after we just dis- you know discussed the plans of everything. First payment of a thousand dollars, and to me, you know, at that time, just graduating college with no money in my pocket, a thousand dollars is a lot of money. Um, and so, paid paid the the developer that, and I never heard from him again. You know, um, and so, you know, it, that's the personal part about being an entrepreneur, about being a developer, about being, you know, a, um, you know, a CEO that you just you really have to deal with, you really have to push through, and know that you know, okay, I worked for three months with this person and it didn't work out, but now I know what not to look for, you know, now I know how to be better next time. And those, are you have to think like that, your mindset, it's, you you have to do that in order to be successful um, in this tech world, because it's very fast moving, uh, very fast paced, um, and people are always thinking of different ideas. Um, So you can't get stuck, you know, even in some personal issues, it's it's great to, you know, fight through those things because you always come stronger on the other side and so to say all that that's how you develop a team that's how you find a team um, it's just just keep looking um, and just knowing that it's going to work out but you can also go on upwork.com freelancer.com i personally found the people in india um, because i found a long lost cousin after working for four years on ClipDart, I found a long lost cousin who does mobile app development. Um, and they said, hey, I have this team in India who, you know, is the Michael Jordan of app development out there and they would love to um, be a part of this. And so that's what I'm saying. It took me four and a half years to find those people in India. But if I didn't continue to work, continue to push through all the nonsense that I was going through with the people that I was working with, I would never got the chance to meet them. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, that's what
0: I would say. That's quite a process. And it certainly helps our Tech Core students to understand the value of what they're learning at the Tech Core Hack, as far as programming a mobile app. So I'm curious, how did the barbers you recruited respond to your mobile app technology? The barber side
1: was a lot. I, I when I so I did a a, um, a test run in a sense when I was at college, but I didn't have an app. I just asked barbers from big cities to travel to the school to give haircuts at the Black Student Union. Um, and when I did that, it was extremely easy to find the barbers, in a sense. So I thought, you know, that's the number one mistake you can make being a businessman is thinking rather than going off that, you know, your past experiences. But when I had the app, extremely difficult to find barbers at first, um, just because it's such a, a, a new um, environment. Um, you're you're changing people's behavior and when you're doing that it takes time you know it's not necessarily that they don't like your idea they don't want to be a part of it um, but their behavior has been in the barbershop for, for years before I was even born um, you know then people's behavior has been going to the barbershop you know um, just like Uber people are in an Airbnb Uber you know they said I will never have somebody randomly hop in my car and drive driving them around I will never hop in some random person's car airbnb you know I would never let some random person stay in my house and i would never stay in some random person's house that's how we thought but until we actually use the app until we actually just you know went through with changing our behavior we saw oh man this is a, a whole nother way of life that we're introduced to um, in, in an innovative way and so it's the same thing you know people for years i'm never gonna have a random barber in my house i'm never gonna Cut some. I'm never going to go in some random person's house and give them a haircut. But until they actually did it, until we pushed them and 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 said this is something that it's going to help you, it's not going to help clip art. It's going to benefit you and give you, you know, um, a different outlook on life. You know, when they're connecting with our mission, it's much easier for them to go ahead and try the app. Now, if we told them, if we just came to them, hey, you're going to make this amount of money. You're going to do this. Financially, this financially, I don't think they would have used it. You know, that's why at the at the beginning it was difficult for us for to get barbers to use the app because we just talked about financials rather than about uh, you know our, our 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 mission of improving mental wellness around the world through 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 them. You know, and revolutionizing the perspective of what they mean to a community. You know, so until we started to explain it in, in that way, um, they weren't really using the app because it's uh, the technology world is um, it's really, it's really new to the barbershop world. Um, they haven't really collided in ways like other industries have. Um, it's been a very grandfather-grandmother type of shop uh, for, forever now. Um, and so to br- break into that industry and try to do something to revolutionize it always takes time, um, but we're on the, on a great path.
0: It seems like since the pandemic, there has been a paradigm shift in the way people think about service providers. What do you see ahead for ClipDart as an on-demand barber app and beyond.
1: Yeah, wonderful question. Um, yeah, I love to tell this story. I so in 2016, obviously, I started, um, and from 2016 into our launch date of the app, you know, Cliptar was just an on-demand barber app at that point. Um, from 2016 to our launch date in March of 2020, <laughs> and that was literally the first month of the pandemic. Um, so that was even devastating, in a sense, to work on an app, learn the industry, like I said, learn not only the app and tech world, but I had to learn the barber industry as well, um, and learn how to, you know, do everything we can to, to make sure that they're okay as well, because we want everybody to win, in a sense, and so studied that for four years, along with public health, along with biology, along with playing uh, professional basketball abroad, um, away from family, you know, so did that for four years, um, we're, supposed, we're supposed to launch in March of 2020, and we couldn't, you know, because the pandemic was that was the first month when it was very, very new. It's not like it is now. Um, people had no idea. Um, even the best doctors in the world had no idea what was going on. So people were definitely not going to allow random people in their house. Um, and so it was devastating just to work on that for that long. Um, but at the same time, um, it took, took us to take a step back, just like everybody. Um, We had a time to sit back and breathe and and think about things. And so we thought, you know, it became a blessing in disguise because we revamped our entire mission. You know, now we realize at that point in time, we didn't create ClipDart to create an app. You know, um, ClipDart is not a business. There's no such thing as a business. It's a reflection of my morals and values, right? And so in a sense, you know, I started ClipDart to improve the mental wellness of people Around the world, like I said, through barbers, through hairstylists, and revolutionize that perspective of what they mean to to your community. So, an app—that's just one way that we can, you know, answer that mission. You know, what if you're not into technology? What if you don't um, like apps? You don't trust apps? What if you're not? You don't even have a phone? How do we, you know, how do we still service you? And so that's when we start to get creative. Um, and our, you know, ClipDart really started growing, and that's even you know how you guys heard of us. We started to partner with businesses like universities, like the like a school that I went to in the middle of nowhere, and we partner by bringing barbers from the big city. And the school understands how important it is for their diversity, their equity, their inclusion, their retention rate. I transferred after three years. You know, I could have stayed one more year and graduated. Um, you know, mom was doing backflips when I told her I wanted to leave after one more year. But I just felt like I didn't get a college experience because my culture wasn't included enough. And So now we find schools like I went to, um, who are students of color, staff of color, faculty of color, or, you know, people who are not of color, who are in the working poor are struggling to look their best. Um, We bring a barber from a big city, the school um, pays for it. So it makes it free for the students, for the faculty, for the staff. So they get free haircuts from A vetted license, one of the best barbers in the area. Barbers who cut the NBA teams, barbers who cut, um, you know, musicians of all anything that you can imagine. We find the top of the top, and we uh, we do that because they're pillars in their community. Um, It's not about money for them; it's really about going to that school and improving mental wellness. And so now, you know, students who are struggling like me um, are are having one of the best barbers in their area come to them for free. And so we do this at hospitals. Uh, We do this. Um, for their work years because you know how much of a mental wellness pick me up. They need everything they're going through COVID. Um, so get them free haircuts. We do this at nursing homes, retirement homes, active adult villages um, to help with the older generation, everything that they've been through through COVID. Um, we do this with, got outside of my own comfort zone and started to partner with police stations and law enforcement um, to have barbers of color um, give haircuts to law enforcement to bridge that gap have conversation um, give them free haircuts from from some of the best barbers in their area so they can build that community and build that trust back we um, started partnering with conventions events and official barber sponsor of you know the biggest black nerd convention because um, it's an outlook space and in an out, outcasted um, type of space and so we'd go there and improve their mental wellness through haircuts um, we're looking to partner with different, um, like USA weightlifting and things like that to follow their athletes, make sure they look great before they they perform, because I knew that was an issue. Um, when I was at at my school, just seeing somebody across the court from me who was looking great, it just took okay. a hit on my confidence a little bit. Um, and so I wanted to get into the sports world to to help people look their best before their games as well. And so, yeah, we started to do that um, from the time that COVID happened, and things just kept building. And that became one of the fastest growing or if not the fastest growing part um, of ClipDart. Um, and that was just because we decided to realize that's a, you know, another part of our mission. And then the last thing I'll say is that most importantly, um, we did, you know, I, I talked with our team and I said, okay, we, we have this app. who's was great for the general public, which will probably be in the bigger cities, um, which because just makes sense. Um, then we have these business partnerships. Where we're helping people really all around the world um, who are struggling um, to get a, get a haircut in, in situations where it's difficult. But we're missing the most important people. You know, um, These are people who can't mentally, um, physically, emotionally go into a shop. You know, these are our neighbors in need. These are people struggling with homelessness, people struggling with hunger. You know, how do we still service them? There's no, they, they're not gonna use our app. They, they're not a part of a business, um, but we still have a mission to be served. So if there's a problem, there's an answer. Um, and so what we decided to do was partner with nonprofits. We have around 50 nonprofit partners um, all around the world, um, all the United Kingdom, um, dedicated to pushing the fact that it's you look your best, you feel your best, you perform your best. You know, I've noticed a lot of times with human service organizations and nonprofits, um, they, they think it's just you feel your best, you perform your best. But a lot of times people want to look their best, too. Um, we just don't necessarily think about it because a lot of us has a great access to it and so this is the concept that we bring to the nonprofits to the human service organizations we say hey we want to line up 15 20 barbers on a day that you have a food drive uh, a clothing drive or whatever you have and we just want to see if we're essential well, you know food and clothes are essential and water is essential showering and things of that nature but um, we want to, this is our litmus test we want to determine if we're you know in the in the right business um, and so we lined up 20 barbers for our first event in december of 2020 when things finally um, let up a little bit and we sat out there for four hours and gave 150 haircuts um and so that was it wasn't the app you know it wasn't these business partnerships you know that was the moment in time for a clip dart that we realized oh man we have something here i know because we asked our neighbors in need why did you get a you know a haircut you know you, you know why you got the food we know why you got the clothes and the water but why did you get a haircut? And hundred percent of them said, you know, you you, you might helped us remind us of somebody, remind us of somebody um, when we look in the mirror, somebody that we recognize, um, somebody who had a relationship with a barber and a hairstylist at one point, um, you know, and had that familiar connection in that in that family feel, brought that back to them, which is very important. But most importantly, barbers and hairstylists are some of the best listeners that we that we know. And so they sit there 40, 45 minutes, have a conversation, humanize the experience, um, and that makes them feel a part of the community, you know. And so we took that aspect of that community talk, that, that barbershop experience, um, you know, that just feeling, you know, of not only the, the client building their confidence, but the barber as well of just, you know, conversation. Um, we take that aspect and we put it into the app. We take that aspect, we put it into the business partnerships because that's the most important part, um, you know, if our neighbors in need say that. And so, yeah, we, we do these, we, we did this, we put that at the forefront of ClipDart, um, those give back experiences and um, they've been the most impactful, you know, aspect of our,
0: of our business. It's exciting to hear how in tune you are with your community and how you've evolved from a mobile app into so much more. I think what you have started with and where you are now, you probably could have never projected. But what kind of support system did you have to help you on this journey? Yeah.
1: Um, one, I can't. First thing I have to say, just have to have a support system of some sense um, of not people just telling you that you can do it, um, just people being honest with you. You know, um, you come to them and say, hey, I came to the, my family. I came to my support system. And I said, "Hey, I, I think I have an issue that is a worldwide issue." Um, I did some surveys around campus, and I see other students of color are struggling with this. And um, it might not necessarily be a mental health crisis, but it is a mental wellness crisis, um, you know, around the world where people can't look their best. And I said, "I know I can. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I feel like this is my destiny to to make sure that people around the world." um don't have to feel like what I felt like being you know in that school in the middle of nowhere and so um yeah I I kind of just put everything I had into it I'm the type of person to um, get outside of my comfort zone if you're going to be an entrepreneur it's not just about being open you have to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable you know um you have to get out you have to purposely everything that you can to get outside of your comfort zone because things like that seem then start to feel comfortable um and so the more i just kept studying about the app industry and the app world the more i kept learning about barbers the more i kept learning about that this issue is it's worldwide you know um i became more passionate um about my craft and so that and that's just how you know my mother is raised her two boys is to you know find your passion and, and run, you know, to the wind towards it with, with no hesitation because everybody has a different passion. Everybody has a diff- different destiny. If you're always gonna look for somebody else um, to, to help you start something, you're never gonna start it, you know? So just if you're interested and passionate about an issue and you see a mobile app can answer that, you have to do it. You know, and that's just how, how I felt.
0: Kyle, you mentioned your brother. How is he involved in this process with you?
1: yeah um extremely he's been man my rock you know, along with my mother uh, through this process he's you know it might seem small but things like photography things like media um he's just done for me for free and he's extremely talented um, with everything that he does in terms of videography and photography and, and, and social media and things like that and he's done it for me willingly um you know since since the start since. I could remember. Um, so he's been, a, and it's not just the you know the physical things that he does for me. Um, being an entrepreneur, um, you you have to have your your mental mind state on par. You have your mental IQ, your your um, EQ, um, your emotional intelligence has to be extremely high. Um, and so to have somebody like my brother um, who has a strong emotional intelligence as well to learn from him um, is, it, it is 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 uh, Man, I I can go on about all about Bummer, but his his advice has been really invaluable
0: um, in a sense. It sounds like the support of those you trust is very important. I'm sure you received lots of advice in this process, but how do you separate and follow the best advice from all of it? I like
1: to say one of my favorite quotes um, is, don't take advice from somebody you want to take criticism from, um, and don't take criticism from somebody you want to take advice from, you know, so... Through this process, I've had probably a million people tell me what I should do with the app, but they've never studied the barber world. They've never been through the process that I've been through for um, since 2016, and really all these late nights. And I think I really get three hours, four hours of sleep per day, you know. Um, and so I say that to say I, I'm going to trust, you know, trust yourself, trust everything um, that you've done and all the work that you put in. You can go to people for. I wouldn't say go to them for answers, but go to them for advice, go to them for wisdom. Um, But take the pieces that you want to take, because if you take everything from everybody, you'll get mentally drained, um, you know, developing an app, you know, so you really want to take the pieces that um, are most comfortable for you and just move on. It could be, you know, even family that you got to shut out sometimes, Um, you know, you know what's best um, for your app because you're passionate about it. Um, and nobody's going to see your business. Nobody's going to see your app the way that you see it. Um, so some people might not work as hard as you want to. Um, they that you want them to to on the app, but you have to be okay with that. You know, you cannot take in this tech world. You cannot take things personal. Um, if people, do, somebody doesn't want to use your app, somebody doesn't want to look at it. You, what I like to tell our team is, um, I, I believe, I hope I'm saying this correctly. I think when I read in a book, there's around 13 and a half people, 13 and a half percent of the world of people who are just wired to do something because they love it. Now there's around 60% of the world who aren't gonna do something unless somebody else does it first. That's just how they're wired. You know, there's just nothing against you. It's nothing personal. So if somebody doesn't wanna use your app until somebody else uses it, you cannot take that personal, or you'll drive yourself crazy. You have to find that 13 and a half percent of the world who are just gonna agree with your mission, try your app out, and then guess what? are going to tell other people, and that's how you get to that sixty percent. You you know, you as a mobile app developer yourself or entrepreneur yourself, you can't get to that sixty percent. They're just not going to listen to you. You know, I uh, just can't take it personal. You have to have somebody funnel funnel it. You know, um, and so that's the advice that I would give them. Uh, just don't take things personal, and and you know, take the parts of advice and wisdom that are important to you, and trust yourself. Um, super super important.
0: Kyle, what are your future plans? For the ClipDart mobile app?
1: Um, our plans we had our pre-launch at Arizona State University um, which we did that because we wanted to test ourselves to see what type of market um, would, would pop up you know they have great access to barbers and, and hairstylists in, in Phoenix um, but it's still a need we believe and so we did our pre-launch on the app not necessarily a business partnership with Arizona State but did our pre-launch there and um, 80% of the students who use the app were uh, from India. So, you know, we found something else, okay? It might not be necessarily, um, you know, Black students who are struggling at all these schools, but it could be the international students, you know, people who, in all honesty, can afford to go into the cities. Uh, most of them go into the cities and pay for a haircut. But we talked to these students, and they said they just didn't feel comfortable doing that. Um, and so our, our, our goal next is we took all the information, all the advice, all the feedback, good or, or good or bad, uh, from our pre-launch. And now we're in that development process of cleaning everything up, sharpening out, you know, the app before we have the official launch, um, in about a couple months. And so we want to most, another important thing too, is you want to, when you launch your app, you want to do it in one spot, right? You don't want to have all your focus across the world because not everybody, I don't care how good you think your app is, it's just not a good <laughs> business strategy to release it to the whole world. You know, So our focus is just to really develop it in the Phoenix market, um, You know, um, really speak with the Indian students um, at ASU to see if they would continue to use it and how we can best uh, move forward um, in the Phoenix area, grow it out in Phoenix, grow it out in Tucson, um, and then go to those bigger cities um, like Chicago, um, like, you know, Dayton, Ohio, maybe, you know, things in random cities like that, that we can uh, move forward. in. How do you draw income from your app? Great question. Um, yeah, so um, we kind of hinted on it before. Um, so there's three pillars that we call them, our, our app, our business partnerships, and our give back um, experiences. And so the way we make money is through our app and our business partnerships. So with the app, Every transaction, um, we take 20%, similar to Uber, similar to DoorDash, um, took that same type of model because we've seen it work really, really well. Um, and so simple for that, uh, business partnerships, same type of thing. Um, for the first 30 days, ClipDart doesn't make anything. We just want them to uh, fully pay the barber and build a relationship with the barber and, and you know, build a relationship with us, trust us. We're new to this world. and um, really wanna build a relationship. So for the first 30 days, of the funds go to the barber. But after 30 days, um, we add a 20%. So we don't take anything from the barber. Uh, We add a 20%. And so that's where um, we get get our profit from um, to put right back into the business, um, to the the partnerships. And then what we're doing, lastly, we obviously, we don't make money uh, for the give back events. We actually lose money um, at these give back events. Um, They're the at the forefront of our business because we just you know how important, impactful they are to our mission. And so what we plan to do um, is open up a 5013C separate for um, that that part of our business and make it a nonprofit, just like kind of McDonald's has the Ronald McDonald Foundation. Um, so it'd be like the ClipDart give back which um, will be a separate nonprofit. Um,
0: yeah. Kyle Parker, app developer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and founder of ClipDart. You're an amazing young man with an incredible future ahead of you. Thank you so much for speaking with us today and sharing your story with our audience at the TechCorp Hack. For the Founders Focus podcast, I'm Gary Beach, Vice Chair and Founder of TechCore. Thanks for joining us.